How many can shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Glory. Now let's get ready to have church today. Amen. Praise God for the word. Listen, when my wife steals the remote control, I got to watch the cooking channel. And I don't like the cooking channel, but there's, there's a revelation in everything. And I got a revelation that everywhere Guy, whatever his name is, he's a pretty cool guy, divers and dines, everywhere Guy goes, he just takes the food and he asks the same question. What's the secret ingredient? And they'll say a lot of times, oh, that's a family recipe. I don't want to tell you what the secret ingredient is. They always want to know that secret ingredient. For the, this is the fourth week I've been sharing with you what I believe is one of the secret ingredients in the Word of God for us to get a hold of. And that's the divine favor of God. And I want to finish this message today, but I want you to become not only a seeker of the favor, but first and most of all, a seeker of God. And it's like I shared with the church Wednesday night. I was thinking about, you know, everybody's talking about going on summer vacation. They're already talking about the beach and everything. And I was saying, how many of you have ever been at the beach? And you're laying in the sand, in the sand, you know, there's uh, 98% of the people are in the sand or in the water. But all of a sudden, here comes this man usually in white socks up to here. And he's got his hat and he's got a metal detector. And everybody's enjoying the water and the sand. But he's the one person who looks different and acts different. But he doesn't care. He's looking for buried treasure. And, and you know, 98% of the people are doing what everybody else is doing. But one is doing something he wants to do and there's something he wants to find. And we all can go to church. But how many of us can leave with a treasure? And there's something in the Word of God that is a treasure to find that will change your life and give you something to help you live every day and give you something to help you uh, go forward in life like never before. David said, and I shared with you this uh, a few weeks ago in Psalms 102, it says the set time of favor is here. And I believe that is the word over so many who are saying, I claim that in Jesus' name, I want that. It's the set time, but when you read Psalms 102, David is talking before there about he has no, his bones are crushed. He has no structure. He has nothing to stand on or stand for. Life is a smoke. He has no vision in front of him and everything in the past just seems dull. He's going through a time in his life where he feels like there's nothing that he can do and he doesn't know how he's going to go forward. But he says something very interesting even before he got to the set time and the favor of the Lord. He said, my days are consumed, my bones are burned, but he says, do not hide your face from me in my day of trouble. Or in other words, even though I'm going through this rough time, I'm still going to believe that I'm going to see your favor because it's my right. As a child of God, I'm accepted in Christ. I'm born again. I have a right to have the favor of God. It's part of my inheritance. You know, I was thinking, uh, when you go to the Grand Theater, you go to buy your ticket, one of the things they ask you is, do you want a rewards card? And how many of you know the rewards card is available to anybody who just wants to take it and download it? Well, it's the same thing about the privileges that come by being in Christ Jesus. Those things are yours for receiving but you have to ask for them. You got to take it. You got to put it to work. You got to let it add up. You got to let it come into being in your life. So when you are called, the Bible, Paul uses the word in the book of Romans, the elect of God. It means that you are handpicked by God. You are chosen by God. You are accepted in Christ. How many are thankful right now you are accepted in Christ Jesus? Amen. You are accepted in Christ. 
But I want to tell you something about favor because favor is God doing something for you that you cannot do for yourself. And it causes your life, and I'm going to give you an example. It causes your life to become something and things to happen that you almost have to say, i got to pitch myself to believe if it's true or not. How many want to get to that? Pitch me. i got to be living in a dream. Pitch me. It can't be true what's happening. God is able to do so far above, beyond what we can ask or think. But he wants you to increase your faith. He wants you to believe for greater things. And, and I was using an example. We're going to get into some of the scriptures. And we were singing these songs about Moses. I want to talk to you about the favor of God. That when you can't even sense what is about to happen. The favor of God's already setting it up. And, and I want you to think about going back to the birth of Moses. Pharaoh had told the birth mothers. Every Hebrew boy that's born I want you to kill it. And the birth mo- mothers were killing all the Hebrew children. But when Moses was born, those women looked at that baby and, and the favor of God was upon that baby. And they go, we can't kill this child. And then when the mother saw it, she said, I can't kill my baby. There's something special about this child. I'm not going to kill it. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to go against Pharaoh. I'm going to go against, he said he'll kill anybody who doesn't kill their child. But there's, there's favor on this child. And how many right now could claim favor upon your children in the name of Jesus? That our children have the divine, our grandchildren have the divine favor of God. And the enemy's not going to destroy them and the spirit of this world's not going to consume them. And they're not going to be victims of this world, but they're going to be, they go, favor of God is upon them. And it doesn't matter if I can see how it's going to come. It is going to come in Jesus' name. And here's this mother. She says, I can't kill this child. So she says, you know what? I'm going to get some stuff together. I'm going to make it a basket. I'm going to make it a boat. And she puts this child in this basket, in this boat. And she puts it in the Nile River that's full of crocodiles. And she goes... I'm going to trust him to the favor in the hands of God. And Goshen was a long way from Egypt. So the baby had to travel all this way. The sister followed it. But there he was going down the river. That basket could have stopped anywhere along the banks. But something happened. That baby floated from his mama's hands into the hands of Pharaoh's daughter. There's Pharaoh's daughter right at the right time. She's bathing right there. She's got her handmaidens. She's bathing. She sees a basket. She tells her servants to go. They fetch the basket. She looks at the basket. She looks in. She says, it's a Hebrew child. And the Pharaoh's daughter, his own daughter, heathen as heathen can come, hater of the Hebrews, looks at Moses and go, oh, there's something special about this baby. I'm not going to let daddy kill this baby. I'm not going to let the devil have this baby. I'm not going to let the world have this baby. I'm not going to let the river call this baby. And she named them, pulled out of the waters. Well, all of a sudden, at the right time, at the right place, Moses' sister Miriam is following and she sees Pharaoh's daughter getting the baby. She goes and says, do you need somebody? Do you need a nurse to take care of the baby? I know a lady who's ready. She goes, and Moses' own mother comes, tries out for the job, gets hired and gets paid to raise her own baby and teaches her baby about Jehovah Yahweh even under the nose of Pharaoh and Pharaoh's daughter. Tell me that's not the favor of God. That right underneath the devil's nose, God has a plan and the favor of God will make the least likely all of a sudden say, there's something about you that I have to have. There's some reason I've got to keep you around. And we've got to claim the favor of God every day. And I want you to see what Moses did here in Exodus chapter 33, verse 12. It says, one day Moses, this same Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me that these, take these people to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you'll send with me. You have told me, I know you by name. How many of you know that God knows you by name? Can I hear an amen? I know you by name. And look what it says. And I look favorably upon you. Two weeks ago, I ministered to you and I gave you all the scripture that talks about favor and sight, about God looking at you. And God's, Moses even knows, you look at me favorably. 
If it's true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. Say that with me. Continue to enjoy your favor. Now listen, I'm not just giving you something that cannot be part of your life. And I even read to scripture to you that says that his favor endures a lifetime out of the book of Proverbs. Moses is saying, I want to get to know you. And as I get to know you, there's something that happens in my life that I get a greater understanding of favor because when I come to know God, I come to know favor. And when I come to know favor, I come to know God. And he's saying, who is going to go with me that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor? And then he says, remember this, your own people. Verse 14, the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest and everything will be fine with you. Say that with me. Everything will be fine with me. Say it again. Everything will be fine with me. Say, Thank you, Jesus, for favor. Now I want you to get your heart there. That the favor of God will come upon you. That everything will be fine with you. But there's something about getting close to God. I, I like this example. How about when you, uh, sometimes my wife would tell me, oh, you've been hugging sister so-and-so. You've been hugging brother so-and-so. Ha- have you ever gone home and somebody says, uh, uh, who you been with? That wears that cheap, stinking perfume. How many of you know that the cheaper the perfume, the stronger it is? And how many of you know there are certain people that wear certain perfumes that you know who they are by their smell? I know who you've been having coffee with. Yeah. Well, listen, when you get close to God, you start getting the perfume and the incense of God upon you. And all of a sudden, God just starts rubbing and smearing upon you himself. And you start feeling him. And you start smelling like him. And people come around you. They start saying, man, I know God. And there's something about you. I know Jesus. And there's something about you that I can just feel that you've been in God's presence. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God just starts moving and flowing. Causing people to start just giving in and, and listening to you and coming to you. Because there's something about you. I can tell that you've been in the presence of God. And Psalms 37, 23 says, the steps of a good man. Somebody shout out a good man. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hands. And I want you to see this scripture here. The steps of a good man. Going to church doesn't make you a good man. Like giving flowers makes you a good husband. Or cooking your husband a meal makes you a good wife. You're okay. But how I many you know it's love that makes the world go, love, go around? Can I hear an amen? amen? And he says, a good man, his steps. In fact, he's in tune with God and he's walking according to the way of God. He, he's, God is pleased with his choices. Come on, write that down. The steps of a good man, he's pleased with his choices. He's, he's pleased with his words. He's pleased with his lifestyle. Says a good man. A man who lives consistency. A man who lives a life that is good and pleasing to the Lord. You can say all day I'm a Christian, but yet you're a wife beater. That don't make you a Christian. A good man. A man who's determined. I may not be perfect, but I'm doing my best to be good. I want to do that which is pleasing to the Lord. And it says that the Lord will uphold him. How many of you know, I looked it up. I called it a moving escalator, but how many of you have ever been to a big airport where they have, how many of you know what a travelator is? You know what a travelator is? A travelator is a w- moving walkway. You get to the Houston airport and everybody's just walking, you know, they pull in their little suitcases behind them, but then there's this electric thing that's going, you know, 20 miles an hour or however. And all of a sudden, everybody's just walking by and you get on it and all of a sudden, man, you're just passing everybody else. And that travelator will get you where you need to go. You'll be passing everybody up, but how many you know you got to be careful when you come to the end of it or you're going to go flying? You've been on one then. 
Well, listen, that's how when you walk pleasing to the Lord, when you get on that travel later, you can't get off of it once you get on it. And if you feel weak, you can hold on to the handrails and it'll still get you where you're going. I was talking to somebody in the forest today and they were telling me, Pastor, they're going through a little, really rough time right now. And she was saying, Pastor, I can feel your prayers. Your prayer, she said, your prayers is what holds me up. It's the handrails. And when you live in this life, sometimes you're going through things that just want to buckle your knees, you just want to fall down. And when you're praying, you live in a life that's pleasing to the Lord, it just becomes handrails so that you can hold yourself up and continue walking before God. And that's what God wants to do in our lives, become the handrails for our life. Favor is God getting involved. Write this down. Favor is God getting involved in your lives and in your projects. Every businessman, every person who's getting ready to build a home, open a business, whatever you're getting ready to do, the favor of God is God getting involved in your projects. You can try all you want to in this hour that what we're living through, what we're going through as a nation, the economy, and every other way. We need the favor of God to do because doing on our own will make it totally almost impossible. You have to have the favor of God to be able to get done what needs to be done. You need the favor of God upon your life to open up doors that nobody can shut. You need the favor of God that makes your plan more attractive than the other person's. You need the favor of God upon your interview or, or your resume so that you get the job that somebody else is applying for that may be better qualified, but there's something about you that I've got to have you in my business. There's something about you that just causes you to have that attraction. It's to cause you to be safe. It's cause you to have the provision of God. And it says in Job chapter uh, 19, verse, uh, verse chapter 11, well, what happened here? Where did Job go? Acts 7 verse 10. Look what it says here. It says, and it's talking about Joseph. And delivered him out of how many of his troubles? Come on, shout it out. Say, thank you, Jesus, for delivering me from all of my troubles. And look what it says. And gave him favor and wisdom. That's what Jesus grew in in Luke chapter 2. Favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and made him governor over all Egypt and his house. The favor of God that opened up doors that nobody could shut. The favor of God that it caused you to get to where you need to go and get people to you who needs to get to you. The favor of God that it gives you things that it seems like totally impossible. And listen, it's the favor of God that will get you what other people say you'll never have. There's always people around who love to tell you you'll, it's impossible. You'll never have it. You'll never get there. There's some people who won't even be on your side, but God is for you who can be against you. You got to believe in the favor of God. You got to believe the favor of God follows you. When I went to Argentina in 1985 to spy it out, I went with a group of ministers and we were having a conference there and we were staying at the missionary's house. And across the street from the missionary's house we were going to go work with him was this beautiful little A-frame house. And uh, I knew my wife always wanted a house like that. We'd been living in the jungle. She deserved a good house. And we were ready for a different lifestyle. She, she paid a sacrifice. So I saw that little A-frame house. And I asked the missionary, who does that house belong to? He says, it belongs to a doctor in San Pedro. That's his uh, weekend house. And I said, you think he'll want to rent it? He says, no, no, no. They're here every weekend. Uh, people's tried to rent it before and they won't rent it. Well, one day I snuck across the street and it had a big old windowsill. I stood on the windowsill, grabbed the shutters, and I stood there and I said, I claim this house for us in the name of Jesus. I claim I'm going to rent this house and I'm going to live in this house in Jesus' name. Well, I flew back to the States. We spent a few months here. In 86, we moved back to Argentina with all of our stuff. And when we got there, I, I asked uh, the missionaries, I said, uh, well, what house did you find for us? They said, uh, we don't want to tell. I said, I know which house it is. They go, oh, no, you don't. I said, oh, yes, I do. Come to find out that the missionary was trying to take his regular siesta, and the Holy Spirit kept telling him, 
Go across the street and talk to that doctor. He says, that doctor don't want to rent that house. Go across the street and talk to that doctor. Finally, Brother Adams went and talked to that doctor. And that doctor says, oh, I think I will rent it. And I'll rent it furnished. And we got the A-frame house fully furnished. I mean, it was a beautiful home and everything. And we got it because why? The favor of God will open up doors when other people are telling you, you may as well give it up. It'll never happen. It'll never come true. Don't give up on your dreams and don't give up on God. And you keep believing that God can open up doors that other people are saying to never open. Can I hear an amen in the name of Jesus? Amen. So God to get involved in your lives and in your project. Job eleven nineteen. You would also lie down and no one or nothing, I want to say, would make you afraid. Yes, many will court your favor. Many will court your favor. I looked that word up and it's 2470 in the Strong's Concordance. And in the Hebrew, it means many will flatter, ask and entreat and pray for the favor they seat upon your lives. The Bible says that we're to be salt of the earth and a light upon a hill. And God wants us to walk in such an area where people will be attracted and go, there's something about you that I like. Even people of the world, even Pharaoh, he, he's looked at different ones. And fa favor came upon those that he looked upon. And other kings we read about in the Bible, favor came upon them. Even from the least likely, why? Because the favor of God was upon them and it caused people to do things that they're not, they're not usually able to do or they want to do. Going back to, I've already shared about how God gave us the big old boat and motor when we took down to Central America to work with the Indians along the Guatemalan border. Well, we lived in a two-story house, and one day I was uh, chaining our boat to one of the poles that held our house up, and uh, all of a sudden, here comes this Caribbean man, and he goes, uh, Yaman, Yaman, I see you got a boat. I said, yeah, yeah, I got a boat. Yaman, you, you know how to drive that boat in the Caribbean? I go, no, but I'm going to try. He says, you know what to do with that boat when you land? I said, yeah, put it up. He goes, no. He says, when you are riding that boat in the, in the Caribbean, you're filling the motor up with salt water. He says, when you get back, you need to take that motor, you need to put it in a 50-gallon barrel, you need to start it up, get the salt water out of it, and get fresh water in it so it doesn't rust on you. I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Then he goes, I'll go find you a 50-gallon drum, and I'll come back, and I'll show you how to do it. So here's this guy. He's not even a Christian. He, I don't even know his name. He goes, he finds a 50-gallon barrel, brings it back to my house, and he's also carrying a paddle, a boat paddle. I didn't have one. Comes to the house, puts down the barrel. We fill it up with water. He shows me how to do it. And while he is teaching me how to do the motor, my, one of my interpreters is finding this man who lives on the front of the Caribbean Sea because we, we pick this boat up. It's a 14-passenger. We pick it up, put it on top of my van every Sunday, go to the Caribbean. We carry it. We bring it down to the water. We put the motor on it. We go down to the river, go to the churches. We do this, that, and the other. Come back, pick it all up, put it all on the van, put it all in the van, go back home and chain it up. Well, my interpreter, he finds this man who lives on the Caribbean who has a boathouse. And he says, I'm working with a missionary and he's got a boat. Could we use your boathouse? The man says, yeah, free of charge. God doesn't only give me a barrel and a pedal, paddle, but he also gives me a, a boathouse where I can store my boat free so that on Sundays all we have to do is go to the place, get the boater, get in the boat and take off. How many know that's the favor of God? But then when we're getting ready to move away, all of a sudden he comes and I let him know. I said, you can have your barrel back. He comes back to get his barrel. And as he's getting ready to leave, he grabs my shoulder. He says, I want to tell you something. He says, I'm not a Christian, I don't believe in your faith, but he says, I want to tell you something. Out of all the missionaries we've had live here in this village, I hear the people talk, and the people talk about you and your wife as being one of the most best examples we've had in this village. Why? It was the favor of God. It's not that we were something, it's about the favor of God is everything. 
And it causes people who wouldn't usually come around you or even help you, help you out. That's why you need to claim the favor of God at school. You need to claim the favor of God with your bosses. You need to claim the favor of God in your marriage. You need to claim the favor of God over your property. You need to claim the favor of God with your, with your neighbors. Listen, it's not shooting their dogs that's going to help you out. It's, it's about claiming the favor of God with your neighbors in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? So they will court your favor. Psalms 119.58. Look at this. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Look at that. My whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to your word. The definition of entreated means I desire to run into your favor. Thank you, Lord. Just like Moses went to the right place. I desire to run into your favor. It also means I want to meet. I want to encounter your favor. I'm interceding for your favor. I'm asking. And listen, one of the things you got to do about favor, listen, whenever God does something out of divine favor, you've got to learn to praise him for it and continually praise him for it. Because if you don't acknowledge what he did, you'll never receive what he's going to give you. You've got to acknowledge. And thank you, Lord. I thank you for the divine favor you gave me. Lord, I praise you that as you bless me, I'm able to bless others. And so you just claim that divine favor upon God. Now look at it in the message translation. It says, I beg you from the bottom of my heart, smile. Be gracious to me as you promised. And, and I put three happy faces, and I'm glad Jake put them because I, I wanted that on there. And then I realized, man, that's got a meaning. If I can make God the Father happy, and I can make God the Son happy. And if I can make God the Holy Spirit happy, I've got heaven behind me, glory be to God. When you live a life that's pleasing to the Lord, that word smile, look at me and smile. How many of you want to live a life that makes God smile and not frown? Yeah. Hello? How many want to be experiencing the great things of God that's just making them, that just want to just bless you and have favor? Let me ask you another question. How many of you claim the blessings of Abraham is yours? Let me see your hand. How many claim the blessings of Abraham? The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 that the blessings of Abraham are upon us because Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. So listen to me. I want to show you what some of the blessings of Abraham is. Galatians 12 verse 2. This is the Amplified Bible. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. Look what, is, what does it say here? With a, how much? Increase of? Somebody shout Hallelujah. I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. How many, it's not about just the favor bringing things to you, but you giving favor to others. Can I hear an amen? There's something that God wants to do through your life and in your life. And part of those blessings of Abraham is receiving an abundant of increase of favors. Now going back to Moses, he was telling God here, and this is the Amplified Bible. It says, now therefore I pray. If I have found favor in your sight, show me your way that I may know you progressively, become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, perceiving and recognizing and understanding more strongly and clearly that I might find favor in your sight. And Lord, consider this nation your people. How many of you know it's not just seeking the favor, it's seeking God. Can I hear an amen? That I can come more intimately, that I can understand you, that I can perceive you. And I love that song we sing by Mr. Edwards is I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room I want to look right at you I want to sing right to you I believe you're listening I believe that you move at the sound of my voice give me undistracted devotion for only you I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room I want to look straight at you I want to sing right to you 
That's that heart that Moses had, not only to see the glory of God, but he wanted to worship in the glory of God. I want to know you. I want to be in your presence. And God answered Moses. And the Lord said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. How many need some rest here this morning? Amen. I will give you rest. Now look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 2. A good man. There it is again. A good man. Somebody shout out a good man. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked intentions, he will condemn. Now that word obtain means to earn or to gain. And I'm going to show you the definition in a minute. I want you to get an understanding of this. A good man obtains favor. Listen, God doesn't only want to give you a gift as a grace. He wants you to give up. He wants to give you a gift when he can trust you with the gift. Sometimes we pray for grace. We pray for so many things, but it's like your child when he started asking for the keys. You're not going to give your child the keys to the car till you can trust him with the car. And so many times we think, well, I'm saved by grace, God. I just thank you for your favor. and I'm expecting it right now. He says, a good man obtains favor from the Lord. But a man with wicked intentions, he will condemn. Now I want to give you an example of this. You take Jesus told the parable of the man who owed the king a million dollars. And he went before the king and all of a sudden the king had favor on him. He said, please forgive me. He says he was going to be locked up and he was going to be thrown, him and his family in the prison for only a million dollars. The king looked at him, had favor on him, had compassion on him. And he says, I tell you what, I'm just going to forgive and erase the debt like you don't owe me anything. Well, the man's released. What does the man do? The man goes and looks for the man who owes him a hundred dollars. He grabs that man who owes him $100. He starts beating him. He throws him, his family, in jail. He says, I'm not getting you out of jail until you pay me back my $100. Unforgiveness will forfeit the favor of God. Here he was, he was forgiven. And Jesus says, forgive as I have forgiven you. And so many people are saying, I'm getting testimonies of how favor is working, but then there's others. Why isn't favor working? It says a good man. A person who's living the right type of life. He will obtain the favor of the Lord. God can trust you with favor. And then he can trust you with more favor as you show yourself dependable and applicable to what he teaches and instructions. Moses says, I just don't want your favor. And now that you spoke over me, I want to know you better and better so I can be trusted with more favor. So the favor can extend to over three million people. I want an increase of blessings. I just don't want the blessings I have now. I don't want to be comfortable with what I have now. But there's so many things in our life that it will forfeit the blessings or the favor of God. Here's this man. He had the favor of God. Instead of giving to someone else, he took out his anger, his unforgiveness. It's so easy to, to hold resentment. It's so easy to hold bitterness. And, and, and listen, it will kill you. It doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong. What matters is Jesus says, I want you to forgive as I have forgiven you. I want you to erase their debts. I want you to release them. I want you to forgive them because I cannot release my favor until you release forgiveness. I cannot cause you to live a life like, wow, look what God's doing until you walk in the steps of being a good man, not a person with wicked intentions. Can I hear an amen in the house today? Good man obtains favor of the Lord. Now look what the word favor means, obtain means. It means to get, to acquire, to come by. To secure, to come into the possession of, to pick up, to be given, to gain. Listen to this, to earn, 
to achieve, to attain, to get a hold of, to lay one's hands on. It's about achieving, obtaining. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Now, I was speaking to Sister Vicky and Brother Glenn yesterday, and Vicky's, like some others here, are going for, she's going for her doctor's degree. Well, you know, she's already got her bachelor's and her master's. It would be easy to say, you know what, I'm happy with what I've got. It would be easy to try to find some easy way to get the doctorates. But how many of you know that if you really want a doctor's degree, there is no easy way. So she is looking at putting three years of more studying to get her doctor's degree. And you know, it makes me think. I remember there's there's pastors who got an honorary doctorate from a college. They didn't have to study for it. They were in the ministry for years, but they didn't have to study. They didn't have to go to Bible school. They just became a doctorate by, by the college uh, president giving it to them. Well, listen, I got a master's. I had to work for it. I had to earn it. I wouldn't want somebody to give me a license or ordination by the internet. I want something I had to work for because if I have to work for it, it means I earned it. And we've got to get that revelation in our heart. The things of the kingdom of heaven, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the counsel of God is not just something that God's going to entrust with just anybody. Even though we are born again, the question is, are you studying to show yourself a workman to be that is approved to receive the favor of God? Do you hear me here today? You could claim it till you're blue in the face, but it's your lifestyle. That which is pleasing unto the Lord for him to give favor upon you. To crown your life with favor. Amen. It's important to see this because, you know, it's so easy just, you know, you hear people, they're, they're getting things on the internet and they're studying and, and in one month they're karate expert. In one month, you know, they're, they're an ordained minister, marrying and bearing. You go, well, who's your pastor? Oh, no, I got it through this, uh, this person on the internet. Well, you didn't earn that. I mean, I've got books this high, notebooks this high. And the thing about when I was working on my master's degree, it just wasn't the notes I was taking from what I was learning. I was graded on how I was applying what I was learning to my life. And many times, listen, we're not blessed by what we're learning in church. We're blessed and we have the favor of God by what we're applying in our life. The true test is how I'm living on what God is giving. You're saying, give me favor. He says, I first, like Moses, giving you my word, do my word and you'll get my favor. You can't go around the easy way. The children of Israel had a 13-day march to get to the promised land. It took them 40 years. Why? Because God had to get the old out of them to put the new into them and get them prepared to go into the land and conquer. To get the favor of God, we've got to study to show ourselves approved and we have to learn to apply it in life. Nehemiah, he went before, he was the king's cupbearer. He went before the king and we see in Nehemiah, chapter 2 verse 5 and 7 it says and I said to the king if it pleases the king and if your servant look at this if your servant has found favor in your sight I ask that you send me to Judah to the city of my father's tombs that I may rebuild it and the king said to me and the queen also sitting by him how long will your journey be how many you've ever gone to the boss and said I need some days off and he just says how many days you need off how many have ever had that happen the king goes how long you need how long you going to be and when will you return so it, what, pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. 
Look at verse 7. His faith is building here. Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases or if I have favor with the king, let letters be given me to the governors of the region beyond the river that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. Listen. I want you to know right now, there is something that has been holding back what you're believing God for. And when the favor of God comes upon you, it's going to open up those doors. It's going to release those papers and you're going to get what you're believing God for. Uh, this is what God has put in my heart. There are some people here, you're believing God for the papers to come through so you get full custody of your grandchildren, your children, because things are happening that shouldn't be happening and you feel in your heart you need to take care of them. I believe the favor of God is going to be upon you and the papers are going to be released. The judges and the lawyers are going to be on your side and you're going to have what you were petitioned to by the Holy Spirit so that you can raise those children not in a harmful relation, in a harmful atmosphere but in an atmosphere that they can grow and they can be productive in life in Jesus name I believe some of you have put resumes and you put things in places where you believe in God for a promotion or a job and you're wondering why these things have been held back the favor of God like Nehemiah going before the king the things that have been held back for quite a while is going to be released and I believe that it is the set time that some things are going to be released this week in your lives in the name of Jesus I believe things that you've been believing God for answers, directions, promotions, raises whatever it is I believe that's about ready to be released I believe that your life is about to take a spin I believe your health is getting ready to have a turnaround I believe the healing you believe it in your body for your life is about to be released from heaven. Something's been holding it back. But after today, something's going to change in your heart. Something's going to change in your life. And what's been holding you up in heaven is going to be released so you can have it on this earth. And you're going to see the power of God change it so that you can live the life that God has promised you. Come on now. That's what I believe God wants to do. Look at these scriptures. Leviticus 26.9. For I will look, what? Favorably and make you fruitful. Just receive that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for looking upon me favorably multiply you, and look at this, and confirm my covenant with you. Psalms chapter 5 verse 12. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround them as with a shield. There's so many people. You know, it's like nothing good ever happens to me. Do you realize how positive the word of God is? Do you realize that even David who went through things kept a positive attitude of worship and praise so that God could come through for him and that he was not going to shut the windows of heaven because of his attitude, because of his mouth, or because of his deeds? There's something in my life that's going to keep the channel open between me and God that the favor of God could come upon my life. Yeah, the Lord will bless the righteous with favor and he will surround him with a shield. Say positivity. You've got to stay positive. You've got to believe that God is doing things in your life and will cause things to work for you that you least expected. Now, I give a lot of testimonies from down in Central and South America because, listen, when we lived down there, we had nobody we could call on. There was no telephones. We had no money. We were totally dependent upon God. And I want to tell you, for 18 years, God proved himself when we couldn't do it on our own. We couldn't come up with the money. We couldn't come up with the things we needed. God always came through. I met a man in the capital of Belize I just met him that one afternoon at a hotel we were staying at. And just by meeting him, he met two, three months later, a missionary came to my house and said, listen, this guy, this preacher you met in, uh, in Belmapon has sent you and given you a generator and about three boxes of books. I met him one time, and out of that one time encounter, I got a, I got a generator and books. How many you know that's God? But listen to this. My wife and I, we'd been in, in Central America. You know, there, there was about only two people in there town of 3,000 that had a telephone and one, he was a, a Chinese merchant named Augusta Back and my uh, 
the U.S. Embassy had been calling for me on the radio for about two days, saying, Russell Cobb, you need to call home. But we, we didn't listen to the radio, so I didn't know. Well, one night we're in our house, and all of a sudden I hear some noise outside, and somebody's hollering. So I go outside, and it's Augusta back, and he didn't know very much English, and he was just trying to say, call home, call home. And he was call home. I said, I got to call home, call home come and so my wife and I left and we went to his house and he was a Chinese Buddhist also and his wife was a Christian but he was a Buddhist and we went to his house and uh, they said you could use our phone so I used the phone and I called my dad and that's when my dad told me my mom had passed away two days ago and he said son you need to get home I said dad I don't even have twenty dollars he says well you need to come home and I just sat in the chair like I got $20. This trip's going to cost 2000 How are we even going to get to Belmapon to get to New Orleans? We don't have the money. Well, out walks this Buddhist merchant man. And through his wife says, we're going to give you the money. And you just pay us back when you can. But you go home. And here's a Chinese. I mean, he's got incense and everything in his room and all that. And we're watching Noah's Ark one day. And he says, you really believe in that? Can you really believe that? Then he put on a Jackie Chan movie and some guy dressed up in a monkey suit and the Chinese were walking through trees and they were doing all this stuff that you see in their movies. And I said, you really believe that? You really believe that? But this Chinese Buddhist came up and he says, we'll give you the money and if you can, you pay us back and whatever you can. How many of you know, you don't hear of that happening too many times to, to strangers. But when you have the favor of God, it will even cause Pharaoh to give you money. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Do you hear me, church? When you're walking in the favor of God, it's amazing the things that will happen. My wife and I, we were at a restaurant in Shreveport one time, and we were standing in line, and these people in front of us received a phone call, and then they go, they turned around, they said, uh, look, we got to get back to Dallas. We got our tickets for our food. Do y'all want them? I said, yeah, I'll pay you for them. He says, no, I don't want your money. He says, here, take them. Y'all go enjoy your meal. I mean, things like that, when you walk in the favor of God, it's amazing. I mean, Jake went with me when I went to look for this car a few years ago. Uh, I saw in the paper there was this little convertible car, and I was going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> and I read this 2001 BMW w convertible was for sale with 8,000 miles. And I went over there and talked to the old vet, and man, he was old vet from Korea, and he was cussing and everything else, and I was, yeah, yeah, you know, I was with him, and we, we, we had a good time, and he showed me, he brought me in his house to show me his paintings, and he said he wanted 25000 for the car, and, uh, and I said, oh, okay, well, that's good, thank you. Then I get a phone call from him a day or two later. He says, I like you. He says, the book value is 25000 You know what? I'm going to give you that car for, for 20000 And you said you got 5000 So all you're going to have to finance is 15000 And that's a for a 2001 BMW convertible on them Z4s at 8,000 miles. And he had never put the roof down. Brand new car. That's the favor of God. But my wife beats that. We were sitting in a restaurant and some person threw some keys to a Jaguar and gave my wife a Jaguar car. Free. Free. And I, I, it's humiliated to tell you the story, but let me tell you what happened. My, my wife has favor too. In fact, maybe it's her favor that kept me alive. But she got in a wreck and totaled her car. It was a nice car. It was a nice convertible. It was a, a Chrysler Sebring. And she totaled it. And, and she says, what are we going to do now? I said, you know what? You're going to have to get your own car. You're going to have to use your faith to get it. I ain't buying you a car. 
I'm not getting in debt for a car. You're going to have to believe God. And she says, okay, well, I'm going to. I said, well, you go right ahead. Well, she starts claiming a car. We get invited to go out to eat. And the lady throws the keys over and says, happy pastor's appreciation. And gives my wife a Jaguar. You talk about eat crow. I'm still eating crow. But that's the favor of God. You don't even see it coming. It will come in. Somebody come up to you and they'll pay your vehicle off. They'll, they'll bless you in all kind of remarkable ways. I was at a men's meeting years ago and the Lord told me, I want you to sell your motorcycle. I said, get behind me, Satan. And he says, no, I want you to sell your motorcycle. He says, you got too much to do. I want you to sell your motorcycle. I said, God, if you want me to sell that motorcycle, you're going to have to send a buyer to my house and I'm not even going to tell people it's for sale. That was Friday night at the men's meeting. Saturday morning, I got the garage door opening. I'm working around the yard. All of a sudden, this neighbor from behind pulls in. The next day, pulls in the driveway and says, uh, you want to sell your bike? <laughs> the next day, you want to sell your bike? I said, yeah. He says, how much you want for it? I said, 13000 I put the price to pay it off and have a little bit more. So 13000 He says, okay, I'll write you a check right now. My cousin's a, a notary in the public, and we'll do it right now. By 12 o'clock the next day, the motorcycle was gone. I'm not bragging on me, and I, and I, I, but I'm telling you that what God will do for one, he will do for the other. You're no different than me. I'm no different than you. We're all saved by the grace of God and the mercy of God. But what I am sharing with you is that I am believing and I am praying. As Paul said, Father, those who are with me in the word, as you have given me, give them my partners. What you place upon me, place upon them. I am believing in the name of Jesus that there is a divine favor that is going to come upon your life, your marriage, your job, your situation. And the divine favor of God is going to open up doors and blessings upon you to where you're going to be glad you're a Christian. You're going to be excited about being a believer. You're going to be able to say, but my God is a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a true God. Can I hear an amen? Proverbs 3, right quick. Talks about he'll not hold with any good thing. It says in Proverbs 3, My son, do not forget my law. Let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace will they add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the table of your heart. Verse 4. And so find what? Favor. What? favor and high esteem in the sight of God and in the sight of man. Can I hear an amen? Look, even with the disciples after Jesus died in the book of Acts, it says, verse 47, having favor with all the people. I claim that word of grace has favor with all the people that you run into I claim the favor of God. I told you about this land, this building, the different things that God has done. Just the favor of God. When we first got here, my dad had that little bitty church down on Military Highway. He was bonded from the Baptists and they were, the, that, my dad just had the favor with him. He walked in there, he says, I don't have any money, but I want to build your, I want to buy your building. They said, well, I tell you what, we'll sell it to you ourselves. You pay us. Instead of going through the bank because you don't have any credit, you pay us, uh, you can buy the church monthly, and if you can't ever pay your rent, we just take the building back. Dad says, okay. So dad goes, gets in over $20,000 in carpeting and a bad organ and this and that and the other, and they get the old building, and, and, and uh, he owes like 40000 on it, and we, we, dad passes away, and we take it, and we pay that debt off, and all of a sudden, somebody comes and offers me 80-something 80 80 something thousand dollars for that building. 
and we're looking at the uh, uh, old gym by the post office for rent that needs $50,000 of renovation. We sell the building on, pine, on a military highway, renovate the gym for forty, fifty thousand, dollars and then still have money to start going towards this property when God opened the door two or three years later. You see how God is? God is so faithful. And the favor of God has been and is upon this ministry. It's upon our lives, and he wants to pour it upon your life. He wants you to have a life that causes the heathen, even the Jews, to be jealous of you. He wants you to live a life and have favor in your life, and he wants you to know that you are worthy of it. And one of the prayers I wrote here, and I, I got here that I want you to hear that, that I got from somebody. It says, I see myself as you see me, Father. I am unconditionally loved and accepted because of the blood of Jesus was shed for me. I refuse to think thoughts of being inferior or rejected. I have favor with you, Father, and with man, and people will treat me well all the day long. That's how he wants you to start thinking. Listen to this, favor in relationships. Father, I thank you for blessing me with a good and healthy relationships. Now listen, this is for a lot of people here. Thank you for blessing me with good and healthy relationships. Why do I keep getting in relationship with the same type of people? You need favor in relationships. I ask you to send me the kind of friends you want me to have. I thank you for your favor is attracting godly relationships and relationships that will help challenge me spiritually and draw me into a deeper walk with you. Supernaturally remove me. Listen, supernaturally remove me from any relationship that will be harmful in my life glorifying you. Amen. Favor, favor in your marriage. Oh, how many need that? Lord, I think that I have favor in my wife. I think if I have favor in my husband, I claim favor with him today. As I'm coming home and tell him, I got a speeding ticket. I claim favor with my husband right now in the name of Jesus. How many of you know that one? And I have favor with you and man and people, and I am blessed. Favor on the job. Father, I thank you. That promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or south, but from you. Because of your favor upon me, I will be lifted up and promoted on my job, even as Joseph was in Jesus' name. You claim the favor of God in every area of your life and be ready to see it transform and change in Jesus name let's go ahead and stand up hallelujah how many receive this today hallelujah how many are thankful for the favor of God now listen don't leave here L listen listen don't leave here and go play the lotto the favor of God is not for you to get the winning number you've got the winning number it's Jesus Christ pastor told me that I could have the favor of God and I'm going to get that 30 million dollars and we're going to travel the world. No, that's not what it's about. He can't trust, he couldn't trust me with 30 million dollars. It's growing to know him and the motives behind the desires. But he wants to bless you. He wants you to increase in your education, in your job, in your profession. He wants favor upon your marriage. He wants you blessed in your relationships. He wants you to be able to go around praising God all the time, how good and how of a great God we have. He wants you to know that He loves you and He has the best in store for you. To do you good and not evil all the days of your life. So would you bow your head and let me pray over you. Father, I come before you in the precious name of Jesus. And I think of that blood that was shed for our lives to cover us and to erase our sins and our guilt. To make us the elect, the handpicked of you, Father. Lord, I praise you that the greatest thing you've did with favor 
is to bring my family and I to this place and to be able to pastor these people and to be able to hear the testimonies and Lord teach your word and Lord see a people prepared for greater things coming Lord I praise you for their lives I praise you for their homes and all that they set their hands to do Father I ask you to make their lives a living testimony of how you are the true God and how great and awesome it is to serve you heal our hearts change our thoughts help us to walk the way that pleases you and makes you smile I pray Lord the favor of God upon your lives on their lives and I thank you for your hand upon them in Jesus name your head is bowed every eye is closed as we dismiss today I want to give you the invitation the only way to have favor to have a life that is worth living is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior the reason you're handpicked by God is when you accept what his son did you accept him and he accepts you you cannot be accepted by God unless you accept what his son did for you was die on the cross in your place if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or if you've wandered away from him and you know your life is not pleasing to him and you want to give your life and rededicate it to him I invite you right now just to raise your hand and say I want to give my life God bless you sir anyone else I want to give my life over to the Lord God bless you right here you too right here more over there anyone else you ready to surrender your life to Christ I'm tired of running I'm tired of living the old life I want to experience the new life the abundant life of Christ I want to ask those who raise their hands all over here would you come and face me right here up front please will you come and let me pray with you as they're coming in the back and from the side if there's anyone else you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior I want to invite you to come right now and receive him God bless you God bless you God bless you sir God bless those coming anyone else today is the day of salvation today is the day